Hello and welcome to When Will Dan, the movie podcast. We watch the movies. We watch a whole series of the movies. We say, is they good? And we are reporting live from the scene of Charles's new Charles Cave, as he calls it. It's beneath the southeastern wing of the Hobby Mm, Mansion, located in the Palisades, just outside of... Amy hates it when I call it the Hobby Mansion. Yeah. I wanted to get a... a, When uh, me and Allie uh, tried to buy our first house, and by the way, we just failed to buy another house. What? Yeah, just tried to fail. Bid 203 and 189. It went for 253. That's... (laughs) I thought we you said it was slowing down. Forever in this one room apartment. But yes, um, I wanted to call the first house we wanted to buy the manor. And then Allie was like, how about the woe manor? And I was like, I regret bringing up this yeah. naming convention. But what about the her story? Like the, the, the her story. Give me this one. Hold on. I'm, sure. I'm, okay. I'm, okay. I'm okay. Already, it's a, it's a two, you say it's a two story mansion. And then okay. You, but then she says, it's actually a two her story. No, no. A two her story war mansion. War mansion. War mansion. Yeah, that's pretty good. History. Welcome to When Will It End? It's the movie podcast. We watch the movies. We are on. Uh, what's this? Uh, what's this movie about again? What's it about? The is it about a <clears throat> daytime guy? No, a man of the daytime. This is part six of the bad. Operates in the light. No, walks around. Do you sleep through this himself? Did no, you just only come over through, and take a nap. Only through part of the final third. I had a feeling. Yeah, you're very quiet. And then you <laughs> <laughs> and then when when Gary fell over and I heard you go, "Ow!" I was like, "Josh is back. <laughs> He's back, folks." We are watching Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. The 2008 mega blockbuster breaks a cool bill. He bra- he says, "You know what's easy? You know what's cooler than." Wait. Hold on. Don't do it. <laughs> you know what's cooler than... <laughs> a million. <laughs> That's it. You know what's cooler than a million dollars? I don't know, And Warner Jesse. Brothers said, I don't know. Wait, I thought you were doing this line from... Chris. And then Chris goes, a billion bat dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, that <laughs> is said, way cooler. What are I... bat dollars? He goes, it's like normal dollars, <laughs> but with a bat on them. I would like to suggest that... A million bat dollars is cooler than a million regular dollars. You don't even have to That's go to the true. next set of zeros. No, no, well, one to one. I'm saying a single bat dollar. But I'm saying you're doing a one to one. You can say a single bat dollar is right. cooler than so a you're, single. Yeah, algebra. A million human x human dollar. A million x. If a million if x, x is bats. Yeah. And bat y dollars. is old men in powdered wigs who's white. George Washington. Wait, and uh, Jefferson. Also white. And Hamilton. I don't know. More anymore. complicated, based really? on I haven't seen. I haven't seen what I'm told is a wonderful musical. It was on Disney. I'm have... Alex Hamilton. I'm here to say that I made the Federal Reserve today. Did you, I thought you said you hadn't seen it? I know I've seen that one line, and it's, oh, okay. it's wait, very is that good. actually in the? Yeah, that's a, a Lin Manuel Miranda original. We watched Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. We finally did it. We finally did it. Um, Can we say how we watched it? Can I yes. Gloat? Well, we're Can reporting. We're reporting from Hobby Manor. Yeah. The Charles Cave. Yeah, Amy doesn't listen to this, so you can keep calling. Yeah. That. By the way, both uh, both of our significant others went out to get steaks. Yeah. You can't make this shit up. We were like, we've got to watch Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight for the podcast. They're yeah. like, cool. We're gonna get steaks. Amy and literally run off together. She was tucking in a bib. She's yeah. like, we're gonna go get some fucking steaks, and you might never see me again. Allie has just been texting me photos of steak knives this whole time. She goes, I'm going to get this dirty with blood. You know why I use knives? Josh. Is she said. I'm like, yeah, to cut the steak. She goes like, no. No. It makes it feel so good. I'm like, what? She's I like, get cutting to, the steak. I get to know the steak by the end. Josh, do you want to know which of your steak friends were cowards? I'd rather not. I Honestly, here's the thing. Obviously, yeah. Joker Man tells the guy, uh, tells one of the cool cops who's good. We probably... Um, some of your cop friends are actually little scaredy cats. Joke's on you, Joker. Most of my friends are cowards. Yeah, and most of your friends are cops. Well, they're all. Well, cowards. I was I was being serious about the cowardly thing, but we yeah. can do a bit where they're Every, cops too. Everyone is a serious. coward. Well, most people are. You, I hope you know. With me, if you tell me something like in, in a situation where I'm being tortured. I'm going to give you up so fast. Yeah, and, no, and I love you. Yeah. I love you from the, from the bottom of my heart. You're, but, like, it's going to take very nothing, little. Nothing. Well, no, no. I mean, I, I well, think I'd put up – I would do the thing where I'm like – I wouldn't even do that thing, Josh. I'm sorry. I wouldn't even do that thing. I watched too many World War II movies growing up. Yeah. So I think I'd have to do the, like, 
I would never betray my. Oh God, fuck yes, fine, Charles. I would never. He lives I wouldn't. at bloop. You can in lanes bloop. Master bloop chits. Oh my God, they know where I live now. Yeah, I'm gonna have to beep that out. But yes, we're here at Hobby Mansion because Charles went and did buy a house. We did it. Charles well, Amy bought a I house. Did. I didn't do anything. No, I didn't do anything. No, mostly Amy. If we were evaluating humans. On house purchasing records, right? Oh, I, I can. Agree. You're batting literally one hundred, a thousand. At that point, it's no longer helpful to add zeros because if it's a hundred percent, no, no. But if you're using a baseball term, batting, no. batting a hundred <sighs> is very bad, and you are the bigger batting a hundred is point one zero zero. Yeah, but they call it batting a hundred. Oh, fucking dude! Fine. You're the one who fucking, okay. Leave I'm the sorry. metaphors to me. You're not good at them. When I was in Burma. There was a baseball man. <laughs> Sorry, leave the metaphors to me and Michael Caine. Alfred? Um, yes, Charles Alfred is Woodward? batting a thousand along with his beautiful fiance Amy, and they, they they set their sights on a manse, and they bought it. Yeah, everyone was like, you're not going to get it. You included. I, well, that's because my track record. Right. Look, I'm a fan of things that suck. Judaism, the Grateful Dead, the New York Mets, public radio, losing entities. No. <laughs> Well, we don't win all the time. You don't win all the it's time. It's more of a moral victory. You got Israel. <laughs> and wow, what a treasure is That's that. That's a W. We, uh, we, we, uh, Allie and I have been working our way through the wonderful works of Louis Thoreau. And anyone out there, if you have not seen his ultra Zionist documentary, it is fantastic. It'll make you feel mad and angry. He's and one of the sad. Is he one of the I have some fiction by A. Thoreau. Is it this? Are they related? Yes. Yeah, so his father wrote The Mosquito Coast. Okay, I have the... Th- hold on, hold on, wait, no. Did Justin Thoreau's father write it? Justin Thoreau... I have Alexander Thoreau, two books by Alex. I don't know. I can't remember the Thoreau family etymology My right mom now. Was, I know your mom dated a fucking... I think they were engaged. To a Thoreau? To Alex. Alex Thoreau. Al- wow. I'll call him Alexander. I didn't know him. Dang. Yeah, he's a good writer. Hey, Western Mass Babe, Eastern Mass Babe, it's a small town. New England, babe. It's a small town. We watched Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight, 2008, the sequel to Batman Begins. The prequel? To... Well, not really a prequel. Not a prequel, no. It's a movie we can't wait to talk about. But we'll, we'll in, a way, in a way, this is all building up to watching this movie, the, the Dark Knight Rises. So in a way, I am interested in the experience. But yes, we watched this. Charles has built a veritable... Uh, look, we don't like to talk about sex on the show. No, I hate okay. it. Okay. So when I say this, I'm not saying it in a sexual way. No. Like Charles is like a fucking sick freak and this is some sex thing. But he's kind of a cinephile. Yeah. I love it. He loves the movies. Yeah. So when Charles buy himself a mansion mm-hmm. and and again, we're recording this from either wing of the mansion. I'm in the east wing, he's in the west wing, because his right. favorite show. Is, is the West, West Wing, Wing God, starring was, Jebediah yeah, Bartlett? I voted for him. Leo, rest in peace. Wait, Leo died. Leo oh, in real life, yeah, and Le- in the show. So yes. Ca- oh no, the the old no, man, John Spencer. He died of a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, anyway. So he's in the West Wing. I'm in the East Wing, and Charles has gone and built a movie palace in his basement. Yeah, it's genuinely, genuinely astonishing. It's uh, anyone can do it. All I did was I spent way too much time on AVS forums for DIY screens. I thought about posting. I thought about being like, thanks, guys. Here's a picture. I couldn't have done it without you. But then I'm like, they're just going to make fun of it. They're gonna, I was going to say, they're yeah, immediately going to point out it. all the problems yeah. with it. So I'm like, no, sure. I'm just going to keep this W for myself. Right. It's 120 inches. It's made out of spandex. And no, I know what you're thinking. Not our genitals. Our genitals are not 120 I inches. Did. Together, maybe. But I did keep enough spandex to wrap our genitals if you wanted. Right. It's over there. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. very thoughtful. He's gesturing to something which I assume is in the West Wing. Again, I am very far away. In the East Wing. Yes. Uh, I, I kept one little swatch of black and one little swatch of white. Because uh, wouldn't call, it be interesting in a movie? I call white. Well, you're a bit of a... You're, you're a bit of a a Harvey Dent, if we're I being am, real. Yeah. And I'm kind of a freaking Bruce Wayne. I think so. Rich. I'm not going to argue. Yeah. Successful. Ripped. 
shredded. Never has sex. Not once. No. <laughs> Likes hanging out with girls, kissing them. Once, maybe. Mm, they'll love it. Yeah. There's I'm not that kissing al- anyone else. There's that awesome scene where I love that no one's like, we have to have the sexless people talk once in a while. So they have that little talk and I didn't remember that Rachel well, knew that he was Batman. I that was the that's the remember that's a big part of Batman Begins, you silly goose. Well, no, but she I mean she figures it out, but Because Bruce says the thing back to her while being Batman, not very but clever. Maybe it's just Bruce. the thing people say. No, she figured it out. And again, we've pointed out there's that amazing scene where where after a really emotional conversation and a kiss, right. someone just walks away. Rachel just walks away. So like he in the does middle. it. So this in, this, time. in this movie, he there's another this amazing scene where uh, after a sexless kiss, Bruce just sort of walks away. No one is so uncomfortable with sex. It's amazing. The, I don't even know if I would go that far. I don't think he understand. It's not that there's a discomfort and he's avoiding it. I honestly think he's read about it in ugly books <laughs> and then has been like well i guess that's something i'm gonna do my best it's like people seem to like it i'll include it in the movies sort of um so much to talk about in this movie let's yeah. start with the i gotta just mute this i just got a little slack i'm not on the clock what's that what's that, what's that? is that the bat single it's the chris vanola woman report so uh Let's remind us about... where, we, where we leave off from last movie in the Christopher Nolan yes. movie. Report. Last movie, Mama Women. Wayne blowed to pieces. Bruce, <laughs> kind of cool on the whole thing. He's Not fine. that. He's like, da-dee, but mom, mm, mom's gone. I don't know. Didn't really didn't really like mom. That's, that's re- I'm going to let you get to there, but that's repeated yeah. in this movie. Pardon me? That 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 relationship is repeated once again in this movie slightly differently well in this movie we get uh and look torturing barbara gordon is a long-standing tradition in the world of men writing batman stories famously alan moore's killing joke features an unbelievable amount of barbara torture oh i haven't read it it's quite unpleasant oh god and he has basically disowned that And, and many people have talked about how that was the source text for this movie and this joker which is fascinating because, again, Alan Moore is like, I regret that. Not good. Yikes. Is Alan Moore good or bad? Great question. Okay. He, when he's good, he's incredible. When it, when he's bad, it's very Wait, weird. He, did he do Watchman? Yes, he did okay, Watchman. He did Watchman. So yeah. who's, isn't there another person with a similar name that's just like a, a wretched human who wrote other How can I answer tone? that question? Is there someone with a name like Alan Moore? We talked about him during the Robo. Who wrote RoboCop 2? Oh, oh, uh, Frank Miller. Frank Miller. Who? That's what I'm Well, Frank, there's all, obviously an ample amount of Frank Miller mixed in with this as well. Yeah. Um, but Frank Miller, we've them. given Frank Miller enough time. So I just, I'm, I'm glad. I just want to make sure it's not Frank Miller. No, I would say yeah. certainly politically speaking, Alan Moore tends to like make – uh, his own share of edgelordy mistakes, but I think the the pros far outweigh the yeah. cons. Okay. And Frank Miller, I don't think can say the same. Um, so yeah, Barbara Gordon in this movie simply exists to be tortured. Uh, Barbara does not get a lot of wins in this movie. Oh no, Gor- Jim Gordon dead. Oh, Jim Gordon alive. Yeah. Oh, I'm a captive. <laughs> that, I don't... That's sort of the Barbara experience. Yeah, so that's that woman. Um, we got. Maggie's in place of Katie. And here's the thing. I love Maggie Gyllenhaal, and she is certainly an improvement over uh, Katie Holmes, who I just think is is not up to the snuff that this requires. But I really, I, I think, I, you know, and, and again, I'm going to default to this, blaming Chris Nolan for everything. <laughs> Maggie is all over the place in this movie. Do you movie. think, I don't know. I She is so horny in this movie. I think she, I think he did, wasn't intending to kill her, and then he's like, what the fuck is going on? Why is she so horny? I've yeah. got to get her out of the I'm movie. I'm sorry, but this is not a gross movie, Maggie. Yeah. This is a movie about serious men. Why? Making serious so decisions. Serious. So, um, yeah, Maggie sort of like, there's a, she has this very effervescent, flirty energy. Yeah, especially Even in, the in scenes when it seems like you wouldn't be feeling that way because like shit's really fucked up in Gotham. And, and yeah. it's a little hard to track sometimes what she's responding to. And again, like I'm just going to double down on this. Christian Bale is just not. I, he doesn't. He doesn't really do it for me. And, and he, he's almost dropping on the pantheon movie by movie. Because again, in this like, in the, in the in our last episode, we talked about how it's very. You you have to pick your villains very carefully because in Batman Begins, if you have a 
I don't know, iconic villain who may never be played as well again by anyone ever. You can't have that next to sort of a, a somewhat bland protagonist because it's just going to completely soak them. Mm. And in this movie, you know, I, I know that we're not breaking any fucking news stories here. Nope. Shut it off. Nope. Stop it. He won an Oscar even when he was dead. But Heath Ledger's fucking incredible in this movie. He's very good. It's crazy. It's crazy how good he is. And in a movie that is like so glossy and distant, especially in like these moments of sexuality, especially in how, you know, grieving women are used as sort of like in- indications of a good plan being carried out or something. It's so weird and, 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 and gl- glossy and out there. And then you have like the most visceral, perf- one of the most visceral performances of the last X yeah. number of decades that just screams out of the scene and is so compelling and is so fascinating. You know, you know, he's a good performer because he he basically has the Elliot Page performance. Like that's how good he is. Is that all he does is say exposition in every fucking scene, and yet it doesn't feel like it. Right. Which is incredible. A worse performance would have turned, again, the script of this movie, especially the first third, oh we were God. like, holy fuck. I had forgotten how much talking there is during the iconic opening bank robbery. And it's yeah, like, it's so we good. don't need, it's a bank robbery. But this is the thing, is like, you, I don't want to, I agree with you. So I'm not, this isn't calling you out or saying that you're wrong. No, no, come at me. I don't give a shit. Okay. I got nothing to live for. All right, you're in the East Wing. I'm going to come and at you. in the you. West Wing. It'll take you, honestly, the size of this house, 15 to 20 minutes for Charles to get... Oh, shit. I'm here. Oh, wow. That's right. I'm at you. Okay. Hi. Sorry. I regret saying that. You said you like Nolan when he's go- like when he gets silly. And okay. I, hold on. So that, hold but that's the thing. There's multiple... He, you this, piece this, of shit. No, but this is such a silly opening. And it's like, this sucks. No, when I say silly, I mean like the beauty of the you prestige. You just mean the prestige. <laughs> That's all the you mean. Prestige is about two beefing magicians going at it. Like, I mean, that's just like so, it's the whole cake. You're just getting like big yeah. old piles of frosting on that. In this, just like Batman Begins, whenever someone tries to be funny, it sucks. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, but we talk about like when 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 Morgan Freeman big dicks the squirming little executive who's trying to out Bruce Wayne, and he's like, "You're telling me you're going to fuck with the Batman? Okay, you little shrimp dick." Yeah, and I, I guess we're supposed to be like, "Oh, he sure told him." Yeah, and then he goes to Trader Joe's and buys some frozen shrimp and like unzips Compares his it pants to his penis and sticks yeah. it in his pants, and he goes, "Huh, he was right." One of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, it was good, but no, I think. What's funny is that I agree with you is that when Nolan is like silly, it's actually very fun. But the problem is he has fake silliness, which can confuse you because it's like, oh, this is Nolan being cheeky and silly. But no, it's it's like a sad man who doesn't know what humor is trying to be funny. And there's a difference between him going full prestige or I, in my opinion, full tenet where it's like this is just such batshit lunacy that it's fun. When he tries to crack a joke, it's like, oh, fuck, Chris, come on, man, cut that out. It's so mechanical and so, like, and now a bit of levity. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, he treats humor the same way he treats the, like, uh, the basement in the, like, the the brightly lit basement where everything happens in this movie. All of the shots of the horribly dressed Bruce Wayne looking over, like, diagrams of stuff is just, like, exactly Chris Nolan. I'm sure down to the same bootcut jeans and stupid pullover, uh, like trying to like execute a basic joke and i'm and again it's the kind of thing where it's like why even have this it does not require it's a fucking batman movie it does not require that so you blame nolan i might start doing that at this point but he like wrote, he wrote at the, we should probably look it up but he, he, wrote, he wrote this with his brother okay. and then famously the next one is another chris wrote it and uh yeah. but i so i used to because i really like early nolan i'm like i'm still like oh this is all warner brothers fault but the fact that he just like so, but the problem is he keeps working with Warner Brothers. So we really, there's no the variables are too. There's, there's we need to separate that constant. And you know what? After this whole fucking tenant getting into a fight with Warner Brothers, we might have a post WBCN on our hands. And I would love that. Me too. Because then we could finally figure out: is Nolan just bad at writing scripts, or is Warner Brothers constantly being like? You need to have a scene. I, I think it's where so talk. foundational, and it speaks to the narcissism and and Achilles' heel of this creator. Where, in my opinion, 
like in the work I do as a reporter, I get Board brutally man. edited all the time. Mm. I may write my own material, and a lot of it makes it to the final product, but I wholly expect there to be a middle part where a lot's going to change. Yeah, as you should. Right. Yeah. And when you're someone like Christopher Nolan who becomes this, like, ivory tower onto himself looming above the movie world who gets to do crazy shit that no one else gets to do because he's such an incredibly successful filmmaker, cutting out the screenwriter from that world or having it just be him and his brother hold up working on these movies. Do you think he it's has a very, What? Do you think his brother's fake? Like Peter Nolan's like literally a stuffed... Jonathan, Jonathan Nolan. It's Jonathan Nolan? Okay. I think so. Yeah, just like a like a, a doll. Yeah, I mean that would be that would make more sense. Yeah, because there's there's this complete lack of basic, like the the basic touches that should be in a in a script like this are just completely absent. And there's so much speechifying of everything. The the attempts at humor, as we said, are just woeful. The sexuality is non-existent. It's just very strange. But present somehow. He's Chris, Chris Nolan is the only director to include sexuality and make it feel uh just like dry and well but, but i think of like it's so like dennis hopper's colors which is a fantastic movie features like a really horrifying sex scene where a young cop sean penn has, makes love to his girlfriend in this terrifying mechanical like robotic way with like a blank look in his eyes yeah and it's amazing no, but that's in, that's like this is nolan trying to be like pg-13 sexy and he just comes off as like as i said just has never had it well just like billionaire whiz kid bruce wayne with his hand in his pocket and his shitty suit kissing his lawyer girlfriend yeah and the three dressed (laughs) women like what were those dresses oh yeah he shows up to the fucking fundraiser for harvey dent with women wearing like what looked like like middle school like fucking southern debutante ball like just like very odd i like that he one-upped himself too because in in the last movie bruce was always running around with two women yeah and it's like what are we gonna do in the sequel chris three women let's do let's go for three women cheerio <laughs> he left and then he left and said governor yeah chris <sighs> um yeah okay so th- this is the whole problem with this movie you have this performance that is just bleeding in 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 rich vivid detail and tiny little like it's so unhinged and so powerful and physical and almost everyone else in the movie is just extremely locked into doing something very tightly which is interesting because the joker's character that is who he is though so again like is this on purpose because the joker is meant to be the only insane voice in in a very unchaotic world because like he's trying to point out that even though batman is fighting crime he's just a part of the system and the Joker is truly the only person outside of the system, and I wonder if that's why that performance was left as it was. But but here's the problem. I want to give Chris the benefit of the doubt, and obviously, if you're, I'm sure, in the room with that performance, it's abundantly clear that that is successful and that is happening. The movie is about Batman. It's called The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. It ultimately needs to say something about Batman and give us something from that performance, something transformative. If to harness the power of that Ledger's performance, it has to influence Batman. It has to influence yeah. Christian, Christian Bale. We don't get that by the no. end of this movie. It's bad. And that's the problem is the, the, the whole scene with everyone else's performance is so awful, honestly. And like I, I, I'm going to surprise some people. I already have chosen my MVP. But I'm not going to do it now. Okay. I'm not going to do it like last time where we just we just loved Killian so much. But just like the the thing with Lucius Fox and like the spy cameras, like that is supposed to be the arc of Batman where he's like, I'm finally figuring out that I am bad. Like I need to be bad to be so, so good. But the problem is it's boring. His acting is boring. He doesn't even get to be Bruce this movie, barely. Like it's just so fucking flat that the curves that are written into the script are just bulldozed by this really sleepy performance. Right. And then like the beauty of the, of Batfleck is that, which of course we'll get to over the course of this series is that we see like this like bloated partied out really broken, sad man. And and there's something about Bale's incredibly straight and narrow thing. But I want to get to what I think the central core of the problem with Nolan is. Um, And, and first off, while we're on the topic, we'll we'll get too far away. This movie does a, 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 just every time I watch it, which I've probably seen like half a dozen times, it's one of those movies, it's going to happen. Um, It is still crazy to me that Ledger leaves the movie and then there's like an end coda. Like not closing with Ledger 
I understand that structurally they need to close with the incredibly overly telegraphed Dark Knight, White Knight, Gantz, yeah. Batman thing, and I get that. I don't, though. But you, so you, you take the most interesting, again, this like a, a just incredible performance, and then there's just more movie after that. And I'm always just like, I'm I've, I'm so much less interested in Eckhart and Bale's performances or these characters at this point. And now we're now we're, I'm at just this like, point, oh, washing think, out the I clock. I think that's the key phrase is at this point because there's a period between after the first hour. There's basically an hour in the middle where I'm really locked into this movie where the transformation from Harvey Dent to Two Face is so good. That's that's the the thing with this movie that drives me fucking crazy. Yeah. It's two and a half hours long. It is punishingly long and it is so densely packed we were blown away rewatching this <laughs> how opening. every Jesus. split second of this movie is jam-packed with exposition and things whirling around you literally it is so too. hard to like, get a sense of like anyone's personality or any grit or texture it's very frustrating and then all the characters that you want to linger with and spend more time with you get very precious few scenes of just them doing their thing yeah and it, it mm-hmm. and it's and he insists on interweaving everything which of course is the nolan thing every possible situation must have three separate narratives all weaving in and out constantly much to the detriment of the development of those characters but yeah. you're right in the, in the in the three-thirds of this movie the first third is like panicked sweaty exposition the middle third hits the sweet spot it's, where like okay we're getting somewhere characters are changing we're learning things they're, they're having serious interactions that are yeah. yielding dramatic grist for the mill and then the final third, I literally fell asleep for a little bit because it's just too much. It's so dude, fucking much. You in this felt, movie. I wanted to talk to you. I knew you were sleeping, um, and it's fine. I'm not. It doesn't matter. But uh, I, I hate the fairies. I think the fairies is terrible. Wait, what's the fairy? Oh yeah, the fairies. You forgot already. No, I thought you were spelling it AI. I no, like, I fully believe in the the whimsical little elves. You do. Who... That's why I was confused. Yeah. But no, I, but no. The the fairies is like so. We get it bloated this like the scenes where two groups of people are like criminals and and non-criminals and they gotta blow each other up and who fucking gives a shit but the the fuck the shit that sucks is when he gets his little bat vision the sonar bat vision which i think you'd slept through all of this which you're very lucky it's bad it sucks like lucius fox is like wow there's 10 swat men on the roof and and then it just like swoops around and flashing blue and black and it's just like just fucking show us him fighting these guys like why do i need to know where the swat team is but this is That's no the beauty of the He's first all one. about over exaggerating how fucking clever everything is and it's it sucks all the blood out of the movie uh, let's talk about the fucking china segment where no one's like i'm gonna do mission sounds impossible like a, for a minute like a michael creighton the book. china segment <laughs> no like again that feels like eight years ago that part of this plot mm, okay it's really beautiful like the IMAX shit, look, oh, we didn't really finish the store. We so th- I didn't give the number. We watched this movie on a one hundred twenty inch. You did say that wood and spandex screen. So when that IMAX came up, it filled up my eyes like n- no other love has. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so it looks amazing, but it's like, wait, why are we in China? Why who the fuck? Oh, great question. Because. The Chinese banker who has all of the mob's dirty money took it out of the banks before Gordon, Dent, and Batman could raid the banks to hold it in escrow for the mm, mob. Yeah. But because they couldn't extract him normally, Batman had to go to Hong Kong to infiltrate the tower with the help of Lucius Fox, take that guy, bring him back to, to Gotham, where he is in turn kidnapped by the Joker – and then set on fire, I think, he though we is don't see on, him die. No, he is set on we fire. We see it? We don't. I didn't see it, right. There's n- so many things just don't happen. Like, we talked about how, you know, that there's the the Joker takes over Harvey Dent's fundraiser at, the, at Wayne Tower. Once Batman and, and Rachel exit the scene, that just, we never go back to it. It's so weird. It's so, Harvey's it's like locked what? in a closet, and he's like, <laughs> Harvey's safe. It's like, he can't get out of the closet, because you locked him in the closet. And so all the guys are in the apartment with a helpless Harvey Dent, he's not safe. But that scene is just over. And then it's why done. did the, the Joker was alone because Bruce had incapacitated all of his henchmen? It's just like it's. You, you think there'd be at least one non-coward rich I guy don't at that get, party? That my was, whole thing with Nolan is why do things have to be this complicated if you just throw yeah. them away? 
And it's my, my the, the critique that I bring to most of his movies, again, other than The Prestige, which features David Bowie as Nikola Tesla, like, what is the point of doing all this incredibly elaborate stuff if you're going to literally drop it? It's maddening. It's lazy. You're getting mad. Well, it, it drives me crazy what? because, like, you know, I wish that I liked Todd Phillips' Joker in a sillier way, but I really like Todd Phillips' Joker. I think it's a really good movie. I do, too. We should do it as a bonus. I would episode. love to. Yeah, I, I think it's a very good movie, and I disagree with most of what people were talking about when it came out. But we'll, we'll, A we'll lot of it. incredibly bad faith and deliberately uh, ridiculous arguments about that movie. Yeah. But that movie fundamentally is so straightforward and we really get to marinate in the characters that we love from the comic books and that's the fun of it yeah, this movie is about building these houses of cards that get so intricate and then no one i guess loses interest and and dashes off to his next like three-part triple narrative set piece mm. which again I, it's just it's it's cluttered it's, it's, it's messy bad. and no one is saying no but here's what i'm i'm gonna blame i am, am gonna blame this on this is another one of my probably very wrong takes but after watching memento comparing the way that movie was written and comparing it to all of his other movies with warner brothers like that movie ends with guy pierce saying if you close your eyes the world just doesn't go away right and like that whole movie is based upon an untrustworthy narrator where the lines of dialogue seem exposition but all they're showing you is how troubled this main character is it's not about actually telling you the story the dialogue is actually in opposition to the story and then this and inception and all this other shit that came out afterwards all the dialogue is only in this like there's nothing that is separate from the story and it's just like weird that someone who could be so talented at writing like the guy in memento who i think is one of the is a really powerful and cool character study to go to this shit where you just like have the one of the coolest acting performances of our lifetimes but if you actually listen to what the joker man says in this movie it's fucking stupid no he's just carrying this it's stupid it's insane it's how so much he's carrying fucking it. bad like the last time was like He's hanging upside down, being like, I need you and you need me. And look at this crazy fucking world we're in. It's like, dude, that's this shit's boring. This I, but also, suck. it's like, I just don't get it. It's it's apparent. It's extremely clear yes. what the message is. So that's why it's like, it's hard to believe that the same team that wrote Memento, also without influence from Warner Brothers, wrote The Dark Knight, which to me is like a totally different feel. I think ego, budgets, and a, a lack of accountability just leads to these things becoming messy and 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 cluttered or they're just cluttered the kings at warner brothers forced them maybe they tied up chris's barbara oh boy yeah chris Jonathan's chris barbara. is the victimized woman in this situation no well, no, no i'm saying chris the, hold on yeah chris who is he married to miss nolan okay you don't know i don't even i don't know chris nolan's wife's name okay. i'm sorry i'm saying warner brothers kidnapped miss nolan and forced him to and make a shitty forced movie. him to make a shitty yeah. movie i forgot that and i listener if you remember this please write in i forgot in the opening bank robbery scene one of the bank robbers goes so what's with this joker guy what's with the makeup on the joker and they, man and then he does this like weird like cool cut where it cuts to two other people having the exact same conversation yeah and it's like, it's like just they, show us joker doing stuff which they do and eventually it's cool. right but i don't it's just like he can't help himself he can't. every theme is talked out or like, miss nolan was in chains and he was writing the script to to f- fulfill some sick contract with warner brothers well and let's get back to, to the, the the christopher nolan report about women mm. how's uh how's old rachel fair in this movie <gasps> She gets toasted like a Thanksgiving turkey. That was a cool scene, though. I, I like that scene where she's like goes from, oh, I know they're going to save me. So I'm going to like, she's like, how are you feeling there, Harvey? And then she's like, and then the last. Like, Not few, great, Maggie. <laughs> in the last few seconds, when she hears that he's getting saved, like the look on her eyes when she knows she's about to die. Yeah, was, she's like, her best. In my, in my trinity of actually good performances of this movie, which would be Morgan Freeman, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and by a mile, Heath Ledger. She's. When when she shines, she's fantastic, and yeah. certainly far outshines Eckhart and and Bale. Um, let's talk about what I think the core of this movie is, and the core of Nolan's whole thing is. Okay, Nolan is constantly obsessed with powerful men. 
Mm, powerful men. Well-dressed, powerful men. Well, if only they were well-dressed. Well, not in this one, but he he learns, he gets a better costume designer for like the next ones. He loves a, He loves a suit. He loves a, uh, a gray, okay. silver. I won't say they're guy. well-dressed. He, for him, a well-dressed. Right. For yes. a, a dead-eyed British man. Yes. Right. He's obsessed with serious, important men making clandestine, powerful decisions that other people can't be trusted with, and certainly women are barely a part of. Mm. Like, Rachel might influence aspects of how the male characters see the world or pushes them in certain directions. She really makes almost no decisions in either of these two movies, and it's mostly at the whim of the men making decisions. Even the Rico thing, which was her win. She, right. Like, they write it out so that... It's actually Harvey that figures it out. Right. So, and, sh- and then again, we can't stress enough, she is literally blown to pieces. <laughs> so To a mush, really. It's probably. all about like th- th- this like, you know, Lucius Fox and, and Bruce Wayne and, 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 and Alfred. Alfred. And, and just like all these. Burmese. Oh, my God. Which, yeah, again, a classic <laughs> Nolan thing where it's like. He's a butler. Right. He, to Burma? He's like fucked up colonial past. What the fuck? He's a fucking butler. And he's a former a former Burma butler. Um, <laughs> he's been to Burma capturing thieves. Like he's hunting gem thieves. What the well, fuck okay, is the, this? The climax of the movie is all about Batman being like, it is better to lie to everybody about what happened than reveal the truth. And I ultimately have the authority to make that determination for this 30 million person city which mm. were revealed in this movie yeah. and you think about every step of this where it's like you know lucius calls out batman for for again creating the ultimate surveillance infrastructure to spy on millions of people for the, this just cause and it's ju- ultimately justified yeah and I think about how, like, you know, in Ender's Game, Orson Scott Card finds a way to, like, essentially legitimize genocide. Like, I know it's, that he, he he grapples with that fact later yeah. on, but he gives his main character the opportunity to commit genocide. And it's, like, really fascinating how, like, it, it works its way up to that. And it feels Nolan adjacent where it's, like, there are serious things that, that – that, that he loves the elite. He's so fascinated yeah. with the elite. And in the next movie, we will get into this movie has plenty of bizarre. You can't trust the stinking rabble, you know, because he's very sympathetic to Joker. He, he like basically finds a way to agree with Joker about like, you know, if it's not for the, the puppet masters quietly pulling the strings, it would all fall apart. We, and, 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 you know, everything about Joker saying that we need each other again, very subtly yelling, we need each other and shit like it is it it reinforces the batman thing even from joker's perspective where it's like we need these powerful authoritative yeah. and then the, dictator the, types the whole point of the movie isn't that the idea of like caesar is bad that whole like maggie that's why she is pretty cool cuz she's well, the that, only one being like wait you're talking about a guy who like took over a country by force and never gave it up and he didn't do a good job with it but like this is that's that's not contradicted that the end of this movie is Oh, it wasn't Harvey that was the person we needed, but we still needed our Caesar, and he just happened to be Batman instead. Right, and, and by playing it off like, oh, he took the ultimate bullet for the team or whatever, it's like, no, but he's still making a decision about the direction of this massive metropolis. Like, it is still very much the same concept. Right. As, and by the way, you're referring to their wonderful double date, where mm, uh, in one of the few other oh women in the God. movie... And she, all she does is talk exposition. Like, it, Jesus Christ. The worst date of all time. Uh, a Russian ballerina, a I've DA. On, I've gone on worse dates, I'm sure. That's uh, possible. Two lawyers, a ballerina, and a rich kid, and they're just talking about like the Batman. They're talking about the themes of the Dark Knight, <laughs> like objectively discussing. Which I've gone on that date. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you have, my man. Yeah. Anyways, I I really despise this about no one. That at the end of the day, in all of his movies, it all hinges on some shadowy group of people who have authority and power and the and the will and determination to shape the rest of the world. And this is where I think the goofiness comes into play, not his like fake humor, but like it's fun when it's goofy because then it's like, oh, I don't know if he's like really taking this all that seriously. When it's a magic battle of two guys screaming at each other yeah. in top hats, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Give, yeah, me, give me Hugh Jackman yelling about magic all day. It's very nice. Was he in uh, the Naisimi movies? No, uh, God, no! Should've I been. wish. That God, I love those movies. Maybe for the third one, if God willing, if we get a third. Holly one. Weird Fat Cats. I know you're listening. Give us a reason to bring the Morgan. Morgan has been canceled. You could replace Morgan's character. He got light canceled. 
I'm not defending him. He should have gotten more canceled, but that? he got light canceled. Hear that, everyone? Josh is. Oh my god! Josh is coming to He's the a bad man. Coming to the aid of a man that needs no help. Oh brother. Um, yeah, that kind of looks like a uh, genitals. It's supposed to. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. I'm looking at a poster. <laughs> don't tell, on, uh, no, don't tell him. I'm going to bleep that out. What the video drum? They're going to no. I'm going to bleep that out. They're going to the listeners will have to figure out on their own what looks like genitals. Okay. Um. So yes, the Dark Knight. So, uh, I want to talk about a little old Harvey Dent. Yes, and man, because I, what happened to Aaron Eckhart? I asked you this during the yeah. movie. I'm still not really sure what happened to Aaron Eckhart. I think he probably just made some bad choices. Why don't you look it up? Because I, I think in my rating and understanding of this movie, I'm gonna sort of cheat and just cut out all this parts of this movie that suck to allow it to like you know, as you're saying, when you write a piece, some editor comes in and cuts out a third of it, or. If you're like, I don't know, I can't come up with anything else. But you, you sometimes you have to cut away shit to get to the good stuff. And if I rate this movie without doing that, eh, it's not very good. This Honestly, this rewatch, the good shit's very good. But mostly it's when people aren't talking. And then when people are talking, it's like, this movie's real trash. And boy, do they talk. Yeah. But I was most surprised by Harvey Dent in this movie. And maybe I'm gonna I'm, let's I'm gonna get there right now because Harvey Dent is my MVP, which is I know wow. the craziest thing because everyone's like, oh, the Joker, ooh, he's the greatest actor of them all. But the Harvey story was really compelling to me this rewatch, especially with the slow, boring start. I was like, oh god, this sucks. Harvey sucks. This is gonna suck. But then when he like has his face ripped off, and you actually see Aaron Eckhart get into this character and get into the meat of this person who. You learn, like, this is so unknown to have this guy who, like, you don't really get that he was a trash person when he was in the IA. Like, no one could trust him. He was, like, he rose to fame by being the snitch. And that part of his character is pretty nicely woven in through pretty light exposition. I guess you have to rate exposition with Nolan. Like, this wasn't him screaming about being in the IA, so it's pretty good. I don't know. I just I thought that his character was really compelling, and when his face gets burned off and he starts flipping that coin, I'm like, oh shit, this is way better than Tommy Lee Jones in a lot of ways. And this is probably the strongest character arc I think in this movie, and that's why he gets my MVP. That's true because then once again, like to, to bring in a character like Joker and a performance like that kicks so much ass, and to basically not yes. deal with it is fucking crazy. That's what's that I think what really pushed it over is that Heath Ledger is an astounding in this movie. But A, it's in comparison to a lot of really bad shit. And B, he is just left literally hanging. This movie leaves him hanging. That's how you lose. Like, what the fuck? I just can't believe that this movie gets the acclaim that it gets. Because it's, sit down and rewatch it. It's just not that much fun to watch. Yeah, okay, so there's the bus flipping. Like, the scene where they're driving the truck around was oh, fun. Oh, boy. Yeah, that, that's fun. probably, that's so far been the best big set piece. Yeah, I think. it's fun. Yeah. And the scene where he's in China is beautiful. It's like, I like the use of quiet. There's a lot of like the, the Hans Zimmer strings. The All light strings. I want from Nolan is to trust people to visually experience a movie. So weird. And for a guy who's so obsessed, and look, this is all bolstering your argument for Tenet being secretly brilliant because he finally essentially discards plot entirely, mm. which, look, I'm happy to rewatch it in your big screen. This is my die. This is like the new diehard take. It's obviously wrong. But it's, it's, I, it it is obviously it, wrong. That's how I really love even this if, movie. Even if accidentally he's found a way to like work around his own fallibility, that, that's an accomplishment. Yeah, you know I, I mean, if I'm not expected to like take any of it seriously, then great. That saves me a lot of time. This is, people yeah. rewatch Inception. That movie fucking honks. It is rough. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like a shut. A everyone goose. talks so fucking much. Yeah. The, well, I think we're gonna do a, a we're gonna redo Tenet for the bonus show because I want to do it again. But I think the sort of another reason why Harvey Dent gets my MVP is that in the same way that Tenet, if I do stuff myself to change probably what was supposed to happen, I can enjoy it. I really think that Harvey Dent's dialogue is trash. Aaron Eckhart has some bad scenes. Like, the editing is awful, but at the end of the day, I felt more from his transition than anything else in this movie, and it's because I had to do a little extra work to forget. Like, just, like, make sure that I cut out stuff on my own. You have to do a lot of work when you watch Warner Brothers Nolan. 
It's so rough. It's an exhausting job, but you know we should you... rewatch Memento. I haven't seen that probably in over fifteen years or something. So I should I should rewatch it because I, I I am fascinated by how we got to this point. I will say this: going into a movie that I truly hate, realizing that these two movies which I thought were sort of okay are actually pretty fraught. Is, yeah. Like Batman Begins is like a down the middle fine movie. Like if I was homesick and it was on AMC, I'd be like, all right, whatever, you know. I don't really want to watch The Dark Knight again. It's I really found it quite. Uh, quite Wait, you're saying after this watch, you never want to watch The Dark Knight ever again. I don't feel like I need to. Yeah, I agree. I I'm think, fine. Yeah. I get it. It's I'd not watch, for me. I'd put, I'd put on that the the car chase scene again. I maybe. I don't know. I don't. Know. I, don't a, I I think I'm good. I think I've closed the creek. That's it. The Dark Knight. The door is closed. The dork knife. So, so Eckhart's career is incredibly weird, and I won't go down too much of a, a hole here, but basically, after being in this movie and getting a lot of acclaim, and this, again, clears a billion dollars, he literally descends into shitville almost mm. immediately. I don't even know. I barely know. The Rum Diary, famously. Oh, no, no one liked that. That was with the the wine man, right? The wine man, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Mr. Depp. Um, he was in Olympus that. Has Fallen, playing the president. Oh, we got to do those. If we you're playing, if you're those. playing the president in a Gerard Butler vehicle, Ugh. things are not going well in your career. That's true. He was in I Frankenstein, which I do really want to see because that. I mean, What's that? come on, what is that? He plays Frankenstein. Who directed that? Um, I Frankenstein 20, 2014. Stuart Beatty. Huh. Beatty. 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 What he done? Uh, he wrote Collateral. Oh, okay. That's a. Oh, okay. He did. He. He thought of the story for Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Mm. He wrote 30 Days of Night, a movie I, I have not wow. seen in many I years. Saw, yeah, that was um, anyways, long story short, he's uh, not that successful. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, okay, uh, London has fallen, of course. He comes back with that. He's the president in London? Yep. Wait, does he, does he become the queen? Uh, yes, he's queen in that one. Um, he's in Sully, which uh, oh, I've never seen, but uh, it certainly seems funny. We got to do that too. And like he's he was in ideas. Midway, one of the a twenty the twenty nineteen block Weird. attempt at a blockbuster Midway, which no one saw. Yeah, and that's uh, Sam. Uh, isn't that Sam Mendes? Mendes? Hey, God, really? No. Could it be? I don't think so. Lieutenant Colonel Jimmy Doolittle. He's a great face, is the bummer. You know? He does. He has a bad haircut in this movie, though. Oh, terrible haircut. Almost I, lost so the MVP I've slot. been growing up my hair. Looks oh, great. no, sorry. Oh, my God. Sorry, Sam Mendes. It's a Roland Emmerich film. Midway. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not yeah. well, This. Oh, my God. This cast. Patrick Wilson, Wait, Luke you? Evans, Aaron Eckhart, Nick Jones. God. What were you saying Darren about your Chris. Hair? I want to talk about your hair. I don't want to talk about Oh, my God. Midway made, made 126 on a $100 million budget. Yikes. That fucking that means they lost money. Yes. Um, uh, I've been growing my hair out, as you mm, can see. And, yeah. you know, because I'm, you know, a handsome 31-year-old, Very. I brush it back and over. But, you know, I realized that when I had it long in high school, it, it, it often went, like, down like this. Yeah. And I could re- – then it looks terrible. <laughs> it looks awful. But I could – I was. I took a – <laughs> Stop it. I could recreate, like, no, his, like – No, don't do that. Oh, yeah, his bad haircut? Yeah, he says a salvageable haircut. I think if I were to make one grand sweeping metaphor about this movie, it's Aaron Eckhart's haircut is equivalent to this movie. Yeah, like it, what is, it's so goofy, it is good. It's so silly. There is there is a good haircut with he, what looks we like have. He has beautiful flaxen hair. So well, sometimes from the side when you don't get to see the whole thing, like oh, that's a great haircut. And then you see the like, it looks like he took a shower with some bad shampoo and then didn't condition like a half hour ago. But this is the thing that I find so fucking fascinating about Nolan, where a man who is famous, yeah, in a way, he's famously obsessed with details, obsessed with like, but like, you look at his work and it's like, all of the details are a fucking disaster. Well, that's why I don't know if he is obsessed with details. Well, I'm saying he's obsessed with 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 ideas about intricacy. Yeah. And ideas about technical craft. But I think after watching Tenet, I've realized that he doesn't actually care. In a way, I think I he mean, really that, that's doesn't care. Objectively, not true. Because, like, certainly, but no. In this movie, like we said, like there's literally a scene in a, a party and then cut, and it's like, wait, where are we? What happened well, to the saying. party? He, like, he doesn't he give just a wants, shit. He wants to get to his big, his big crazy things, and doesn't give a shit about the actual yes, qualities of that. film. Like, he's he's a like. But that's the opposite. I think he's about the big stuff, and I think he has to pretend to care about the details. But ultimately, he doesn't. I don't but even know. But he keeps he... all the details in, where it's like the whole story with the the Chinese banker is ludicrously complicated and has a, yeah. a, a, an atrocious payoff. <laughs> it's it's awful. 
We don't even see him die. It's like, and like, spoiler, we're going to, oh God, I really am, I'm so dreading watching this movie. The death of Bane in in The Dark Knight Rises, oh God. It's going to be, it's going to look great. Bane dies essentially almost off screen. Can't talk about it yet. Okay, fine. I'm just saying. Yeah, no. There's these like weird, just missing things in these movies that are We're not going to talk about that, but here's what I'm going to offer to you. Let's go into the next one knowing all these problems, but let's let's try to do the work. This is going to be hard, but this is like when you go to your therapist, a couple's therapist, and you realize that you need to do some work for this to be okay. And You've got to gaslight two people, yes. not just your partner. So what we're going to have to do is know what we're getting ourselves into. A man that pretends to care about details, but throws them away just to get to a big thing that makes no sense. And that's going to, we're going to be okay with that. I do and, have breaking podcast news. I forgot to tell you this. I don't think you saw this on my social media presence because you don't follow me that closely on social media. I don't follow anyone. You get a lot closely. of me in real life, to be fair. Yeah. Um, Not enough. Do you remember who plays one of the police officers in The Dark Knight Rises? I do. Who? JGL. Not that guy, though that's woof. Doesn't he no. play a little cop? <laughs> he does play a little cop who has a name, but not the name you think it would be. No, and who's a, the famous, he cast a famous actor to play one of the cops. Why are we talking about The Dark Knight Rises? Because something happened this week to set up, okay, you're talking okay, about going okay, into okay, this okay, viewing okay. with a good spirit. Dude, I don't know. What's, okay. what, who is it? Matthew Modine. That name sounds familiar, but I, I need a, a face. Matthew Modine is in uh, Full Metal Jacket. Okay. He, wait, who is he? Is he the drill sergeant? He's Joker. He's the main character. This guy, Matthew Modine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the great yeah. Matthew Modine, he's all right? small. Well, he's on my phone in this case. Oh, you think he'd be bigger in, in real life? Uh, let's see how tall he is. I'm how guessing tall six one is Matthew Modine. They should really list that in, on uh, the Wikipedia things. You know what I mean? That should be all you you get. Yeah, <laughs> it should be stands for. It should be called high MDB. Matthew Modine, and you just look up people to see how high they height are. in feet. Yeah, let's do that. Height in feet. Okay, six three. He's fucking tall. Get out of here. I said six one. I'm gonna. Pitch. You were you were low. Prices prices right rules. Yeah, that's good. Oh, I didn't fuck. go over. Fuck. Not not those rules. You were you were under. Uh, fuck, fuck you. Fuck. Okay. So wait, who do I pitch high MDB to? Um, that sounds like no. Honestly, it sounds like weed MD. I know, but know, that's yeah. that's web MD. No, that's, weed MD. Weed MD. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So high, I could pitch both. Who am I pitching yeah. high MDB to? Which is about just I don't know a website for high. Call the internet. Height. Go get on the switchboard. Ask them bring up the internet. Okay. Boop beep beep boop 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 boop. Who's your MVP? Boop. I'm not done with my fucking. Part of the good Matthew omen. Matthew Modine. Matthew Modine. Okay. So Matthew Modine is tweeting. He plays one of the cops you know in the hole. You know these celebs are. He's, they're all tweeting. Oh, um, and someone uh, humorously, in contrast to his political statement, I believe, about abortion access in Texas or something. Oh, this is this, is this week. Okay, this, gotcha. Right. This week. Yeah. Um, David Lemieux, the chief archivist of the Grateful Dead, said, hey, Matt, you're fucking amazing in Shortcuts, man. There's a lot of great performances in that movie. You're fucking out of sight, man. And I did a little, you know, carrot, 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 facts. You know, how many carrots? Oh, like a bunch of them. You uh-huh. know who liked that tweet? Matthew Modine. I have interacted with through, Matthew Modine through, through the miracle carrots. of the internet. Wait, I don't get it. Okay, I miss, I... Matthew Modine tweeting about one thing. David Lemieux, the chief archivist of the Grateful Deads, out of nowhere goes, hey man, you're fucking great in shortcuts, okay? And I go... Facts. Oh, you said facts. Right. I said, I tweeted, I responded to both of them saying facts. Wait. Because Modine spanks it in Shortcuts, the Wait. brilliant 1994 Robert Rollins movie. huge. I got, I got confused a by these carrots. I didn't know what the I carrots were. I got fade. I was, like I was indicating the tweet above, facts. Okay. That's how the kids talk these days. These carrots? Oh, no, oh, that's oh, amazing. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I thought you were talking about like an emoji of a carrot. No, that's fucking about, crazy. The actual symbol. Like, little, yeah, the carrot. I'm with so, you now. Right. I so got I'm like, it. yeah, high five. Let's do it. Yeah. So uh, we got it on mic. Uh, so I'm like, facts. And Maddie Modine. Liked it. AKA Peter Foley in The Dark Knight Rises, faved it. So we're going into Dark Knight Rises with legendary. This is good energy. Legendary actor this on stage is good and screen. Energy. Matthew Modine, oh. my close personal friend. So you've done the work. My close personal friend, Matthew Modine, liked my little tweet where I said, facts, he's good in shortcuts. I mean, he's, that's a very self. Let's toot your own horn. He no, that's fine. Horn. Just take it. Just take the dub. Take the dub. So it, when people uh, say it, uh, like, 
Josh, I love Josh's newest award-winning piece. You'd fab that? Yeah, that's a nice thing to say. Okay. You, you want to be appreciative. If people say nice things, you know. I guess that's true. Yeah, a lot of people don't know how to take a compliment. I agree. And I, I think I, Twitter I, I used, is I used to struggle with that. To, yeah, p- Twitter is really... Twitter's actually are, really awesome. People, people are complaining about social media and all it's this shit. It's actually awesome sauce. You know, you, before people would be like, oh, you look great. And I would just go... <laughs> or something like that. Shut the fuck Get up. Get the fuck out of my house, yeah. I would say. But I'm like, I'm sorry. Through the power of Twitter, I, I can now fav a compliment. And he, fa- he, fabbed, he fabbed all day. So... I'm saying we have good energy going into uh, – he's faffing it right now. He's faffing away. Going into this watch, you're right. I'm going to go into it understanding the foibles of Chris Nolan, a yeah. director who genuinely drives me crazy because he usually is so close to something good and has some good stuff going on and then buries it in an avalanche of shit. Who's my MVP? I can't not give it to fucking yeah. Heath Ledger. Yeah. I love every second of this performance. I, I don't so have some good. cool contrarian take on this. No, it, It's just stellar. I, when you were sleeping – quietly next like a to babe and it was those scenes with harvey i was like i don't want to do that. i went into this watch gonna just automatically give it to to heath but this scene is like this is more exciting to me than anything else that's happening in this movie for some reason and i think that maybe that'll never happen again but it's fun. the beauty of revisiting art is yeah you see it from different vantage points so you all their experience wasn't meant to be country i know i'm the contrarian guy no, I, I, I welcome, a, I would call that more of a fresh take. Yeah. And it also, it, again, it gives credit to one of the rare good moves in a Christopher Nolan movie where someone actually has an arc, which again is like, the, again, just to go back to Inception, when you intellectualize Inception, I love it. When I watch it, I fucking can't stand it. I because, like some scenes, yeah, but overall. No, no, the oh. arc of that about, mm. you know, fucking, what, what's in Dutch? Leo. I know Leo is the actor. What's his name in real life in the movie? In real Cobb. life. Yes, the salad. God, great name. Yeah. Salad Man has oh. an incredible arc on paper. Like, mm-hmm. I love that, you know, his decision at the end that he ultimately actually has the power to choose his reality. Yeah. You know, that that's a really that interesting rules. concept. It's in a very bad movie with <laughs> yeah. lots of, like, just cartoonishly silly things I in it. I think I liked it more because the takes were so boring after that. People were like, does it fall? Does it not? It's like, dude, this is about a sad, pathetic person who's killed his wife by accident, and it doesn't matter anymore because he's given up. Right. And again, if that and was the, awesome. if that was the movie, I would love it. And the it's, actual movie is very. The problem annoying. is that is the movie, and, and it's just like Nolan gets lost. He has these movies that are good, and like the haircut, he for some reason messes it up. He it's gives bizarre. it a noogie, and then he expects yeah. it to go to the dance. So I guess. This is actually. I'm now interested in this. We're we'll rank the first two, I guess. Just you want to do it? That's for fun. Yeah. Yeah. I like Batman Begins a lot more Me than The Dark Knight. It it's is weird, but ultimately a movie with an arc that takes us from point A to point B. This movie, if, if anyone is fucked over by this movie, it is Batman. It is Christian Bale. It does not handle that well. There's an interesting concept in there about like, oh, I was going to give this responsibility to Dent and I made the wrong decision. Right. And that's this interesting is, and we don't is, really get a lot out of it. This is more of the, the inception issue you're talking about where at the heart of this movie, it's about three men or four men, basically a lot of men and no women. But it's about... Well, no, there are women who suffer immeasurably and are murdered. Yeah. But, yeah. but we have a lot of arcs. Batman has an arc. Uh, Harvey has an arc. Gary has an arc. But ultimately, you get the cliff notes of their arcs, and it doesn't feel very real in the same way that, like, Cobb's character has a very cool arc. But if you're not feeling it at the end of the movie, then, well, boy, why did I sit through this three-hour movie? And that's why this movie sucks in a lot of ways. It's like, the first one is fun. It's much more optimistic. And you really get a sense of, I got more of a sense of Batman's, like, journey from boot-cut-wearing Princeton dropout to Batman. And here I'm just left with him wearing the boot cut pants, riding a motorcycle. Yeah, he remains like in the background of his own movie, and it's just a mistake. And I really think that a, a less frenetic movie that really focused on those interactions would be fascinating, and yeah. it would probably have yielded a really interesting movie. And and we get glimpses of that, but not enough to justify a two and a half hour long movie that is exhausting. I- uh, one idea I have to save this movie is get rid of all the mobsters. Like other oh, than boy. other than mentioning it, like I think it's a good like 
catalyst for a story, but I don't need scenes where you see them go to the courtroom and you see them get their legs broken and you see them get shot. And like, I don't need these characters. I need a mythic representation of old crime versus this new version of crime. But like having this, maybe the mobs were like, he burns their money and he stabs that guy with a pencil. Like those are two well, good maybe scenes. The, the bank manager, the guy who isn't Gary Cole, but has a sort of Gary Cole adjacent vibe who's in like uh, a lot of good stuff. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah, he's very he's like, good. Old criminals used to have values and believed in things, yeah. honor and respect. It's like we, I get it, bro. <laughs> it's Joker. I fucking get it. I I just don't understand why we're given the benefit of the doubt in Batman Begins that we're like learning about Batman for the first time by watching him become Batman. And in this one, they're like, boy, this Joker guy sure is a change in pace. He's different from the other guys. Wait till you meet this Joker. And you're like, fucking just show me Joker doing yeah, Joker stuff. I don't the need that. First line of this movie is, so who's this Joker guy? Like, what the fuck? I don't get it. Like, you have to show you... the best Joker performance ever and you're like fucking squeezing it dry yeah. with shit dialogue all Ugh. over the place. I will say Joaquin's a close second. Yeah, honestly, a close second. I just think the Heath thing is so on fire and like once in a lifetime yeah. sort of thing. The way he uses his mouth is like the licking, oh the fucking God. smacking, the little teeth, little nibbling, and I just yeah. I, all his little mannerisms. No, he's very and good. look, we're not going to bore you with this thing, but like you know, you should read the behind the scenes. Heath went. He went full sicko mode on this performance, and it really came out. Yeah, I heard on there, the field. He, uh, he, he, uh, he captured two fairies. Yeah, and then killed them and mailed them to his co-workers. Yeah. You're talking about F-A-I-R again. Yeah, he murdered two actual magical elves. From Bright. Are they elves? Please don't DM us about that. I don't care. He went to Elf Town. <laughs> God, Bright is real bad. What yeah. a crazy Maybe I'll do movie. that for the Tale from the Real deal. When we, yeah, that'd be fun. How long have we been talking? Oh, over an hour. Okay, we did it? Yeah, we did. Okay, we did the episode. Well, wait, we got... No, we haven't done the episode because... Oh, yeah. Uh, Not done a, yet. I got a little uh, question for you. Oh, buddy. Hit me with it. I sure hope I don't know what it is already. Kapow, are you asking Yes. Yes. Yeah? Yes, 100%. At this point, I feel like Batman is not compelling. Harvey's dead. Harvey's dead. The Joker... Has been given this truncated conclusion that is confounding. Yeah. And then I think obviously... Rachel's dead. Rachel's dead. Gary's boring. Gary sucks in this movie. He's so bad. Full on sucks. I loved it when he died and we're supposed to like, people are like, wait, people cared that he died? I don't even give a shit. And they're like, who's in on the bit and who isn't? Because like, it's very, it, it's very, it's classic Nolan where it seems like everyone. Oh God, yeah. Exactly, That's what you're talking about. So There's annoying. Like fake details. Right, where he, he leans into that where like all the cops are like, boy, he's dead and I miss him already. And then they're like, he was all a little trick. And it's like, what the fuck? This isn't clever. You're just no. like lying to the audience and it's not clever so yeah. no like we're not left i'm not he, you know <sighs> batman begins we said this last episode it's the it's a fantastic 101 foundational movie yeah it's not a great movie movie but for a franchise it's like congrats you did all the work you have to do you've you've built a, a foundation this movie is bloated it is frustrating the things that are great are great the things that are bad are, are are just inexplicable to me so i'm not like at this point confident that a third movie is going to rectify this no even though i will say i'm being okay it's hard to answer this question i know it is because heath ledger dies like but before it even was released yeah i think before the all the trailers had come out yeah i think they had to like really change up their marketing i want to find out exactly when that was because the whole point is this everyone in the world knows going into the third movie that this absolutely incredible actor who has just delivered a defining performance yeah is gone no i'm almost sure it, it he died before the movie so he died in out. january 2008 and i remember that vividly people were really upset they this were. comes out six months later yeah so no like that's the whole the whole marketing thing everything changed right he was supposed to be the draw and then it was like just how do you how do you have that be the draw it's sort of like when, you know, when Democrats try to use a school shooting to, to make gun reform happen. Everyone's like, you can't do that. And it's a bummer because if only the Democrats had some political power, they could finally do all that stuff they want to do. I know. But they can't. They, um, who knows? So he says, like, so in, in, in November 2007, at this point, two months before his death, Yikes. Ledger's like, I've been, I basically, he like, doesn't sleep when he works. Like, he's like an insomniac. So like, making Dark Knight, he's like, I'm sleeping like two hours a night. 
my body is like crapped out. My mind won't stop acting. Like you know. And you're saying Nolan because he's the well, maybe that wasn't on this one, but the last one was like a year filming or something insane. Like, yeah, he, the, the, the so fucking, this must have been really hard on Heath if he has. Yeah, a, like, in the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus, um, he told Christopher Plummer that he was continuing to have difficulty sleeping and he was taking pills. So long story short, he was just sort of like had this like horrible. His body was just like broken. So basically, Christopher Nolan crazy. killed Heath Ledger. Well, Christopher that seems Nolan. A bit crude. But long story short, what I'm trying to say is, no one went into the third movie being like, "Oh, great, the good, the one single performance we all love will come back." That's true. And, and we'll get into this in the next episode. I believe Nolan was kind of like, "Guys, I don't really know what I'm going to do right now." Which, of course, yeah, I don't think he plays. I, out. I think I remember hearing he didn't want to do another one. I think he well, barely, how could he? I think barely wanted to do this one. Well, that's so. At the end of the day, like, how could anyone, knowing that that is gone, w- with all the problems we've identified with the other structural elements of this movie, how could you be excited about it? And and, and so no, I I don't I Charles, be, I really don't want to watch. You can be excited about me, right? Hi, I'm Bane. You can get excited. Okay, I need to go home because I yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not you're, asking. Okay, you're not asking. I'm not asking. I think Nolan does some visually fun things, and I, I, I don't re- honestly. I've only seen The Dark Knight Rises once in Same theaters. Here. Yeah. Uh, so I do not know what I'm going to get. Um, so it's not even that's not even a part of my decision. I just think I would. I want to finish this out. I want to see what happens next. Well, sucker for those details. Listeners, you can join us for the ride. Uh, as always, follow us on Patreon. I'm going to end this episode the same way we, we commented while we were. I don't want to forget this. We've joked. We've had a running gag for years that movies end by saying the oh tight. My, yes. Say, like the last line of Star Wars is, oh boy, those sure were some Star Wars. Yeah, inspired by the great da-da, Oscar da-da, Wilde, da-da. who, with the importance of being earnest, finishes the play with someone saying, and that's the importance of being earnest, which is fucking amazing, and I love it. We have to give a tip of the cap to Chrissy. The one thing he absolutely slams on that's 100% it. him. It ends with the Dark Knight. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Credit where credit is due. Does that bump it up a star? Maybe. I'm kidding, it doesn't. But, you know. All right, Chris. Bye.